John, I'm sorry uh, t- that you had to discover how much of your Chrysler Dodge Ram pickup is in fact not no. made in America. My favorite part of this podcast was how how you set me up and then it backfired. It, that was fantastic. I love it when things backfire on you. But this guy, Frank, in his index, Made in America index, super interesting stuff. Super interesting stuff. Learned a lot. Not sure he's correct about your Dodge Ram, but all right. <laughs> Welcome to the Behind the Bars Podcast, where we discuss all things motorcycles, memories, and mayhem. Oh, this is awesome. Sponsored by Wilkins Harley-Davidson. Let's get this thing started. Here's John and Mark. On the line with us today, someone that Mark and I are both very excited to have is uh, Frank Dubois, not Dubois, which is what... Mark believed it was. Frank is a professor at the International Business Cogod School of Business in American University in DC. Welcome, Frank. How are you? Hi, thanks. Welcome, Frank. Thanks for being here. Very good. Drying out from the floods yesterday. Well, the Ah, floods down there. They had floods. So, uh, yeah, national news. And for the record, uh, Frank has acknowledged that. Du Bois, Dubois are interchangeable, and he answers to either. So let's just be accurate. His preferences, Du Bois, but let, let's let's get right into this because right, Frank uh, is is there's several things going on with Frank. Frank is a PhD. I believe he's the first PhD we've ever had on the Behind the Bars podcast. Oh God! Wow. <laughs> yep, that is true. Okay, so first PhD, and he's also an expert in something that we're all passionate about, which I'm I'm very excited because there are so many trolls out there that uh, feel like they know everything there is to know about Made in America products. Made in America products. Yeah, so Frank is an expert in that area. So Frank, um, you know, let's let's knock out some myths. Let's just get into that. What you know, you often hear people, I'm sure when you introduce yourself, they, they have no idea you're an expert in what is Made in America, but how the hell do we define that? Is it, is it a, Every part, every piece has got to be made in America, or what? What? What is that all about? Well, uh, well, my, my focus is on the uh, automotive world, uh, not so much motorcycle world. Um, I I started out. I give you a little bit of my history. I used to be a Volkswagen mechanic way back when, in uh, colleges and high schools, we used to get parts from all over the world for the the Volkswagens. These are old air cooled Volkswagens, and so we got parts from Germany, which were fantastic, and, you know, went right in. We were being paid piecework. Uh, and then we got parts from Mexico and Brazil, which didn't quite fit as well. And so something you expect to take an hour and you could charge an hour labor for, it wound up taking you two or three hours, but you could only still only charge an hour labor. So I got interested uh, back then in where things are made. Uh, basically, I tell my students whose hands touched that product before you uh, bought it or put it on your body or got in it or got on it and, and drove away. Um, so what? So, so my quest has been, uh, at least with respect to the automotive world, is to look at the reality of, of how American things really are. I'm totally ambivalent about whether I buy American or don't buy American, I, I buy based on value, performance, uh, image, 
whatever. I happen to drive Ford Explorer right now, but I also own a Subaru WRX. Uh, I've owned over 30 cars during my life. I've got three motorcycles in my garage right now. Unfortunately, no Harleys. Um, and so, you know, my quest has always been, well, you know, what's the reality there and, and how to, you know, companies like, you know, the Japanese companies are going to push this made in America. And, but you, you start peeling it away and you find, yeah, well, it's sort of made in America and, uh, you know, assembled in America, American labor, American engine, American transmission. Uh, but, you know, where did the research and development take place? Took place back in Japan. Where did the, uh, where do the profits go at the end of the day? They go back to Japan. So, you know, my, my index that I put together, and for your listeners, it's the Kogod Made in America Auto Index. That's K-O-G-O-D. K-O-G-O-D, Made in America Auto Index. Just, just Google it, uh, and it, it will come up. And, uh, and right now I'm working on 2019. I'm buried in, in data to, to try to get this 2019 index out. Uh, so, you know, at the end of the day, uh, what I'm trying to do is provide a service to people to get people to think about, you know, what what is the actual U.S. or domestic content of their vehicle or, or you know, get, kind of get people thinking before they buy. You know, if you want to buy American, that's fine. That's great. That's wonderful. You're supporting American jobs. You're supporting American communities. Um, if, if you're ambivalent about it, you know, that's fine, too. Um, you know, at the end of the day, sure, we'd love to see all the industries come back to the U.S. that existed here in the U.S., but the reality is that we're globalized now, and it's very difficult for that to happen, and, it, and it's, you know, it, it's unfair to consumers to limit their choices. The Soviet Union limited people's choices, and what did they get? They got garbage. So uh, that's, that's where I stand on all this. So, Frank, you know, some of our listeners may be wondering, well, why are we talking about this? And, well, there's a really good reason for that, and that is, of course, that Harley-Davidson is amongst several brands in this country that are almost completely synonymous with Made in America in the traditional sense. A lot of people subscribe and are part of the Harley-Davidson tribe because of that. And as we become more globalized, as you have said, um, Harley-Davidson has diversified and uh, branched out in many ways that are uh, controversial in our industry. And then when you throw on top of all of that the fuel that has been thrown on the fire by our president. Um, oh, here we go. Here we go, Frank. <laughs> he, 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 this, that's the problem. You know, this <laughs> yeah. is it's a non-political podcast, but, but here we go. Go ahead, Mark. I, I, first of all, I want to quote. Donald Trump, just to give context in case people don't know You know, know Frank this. is a PhD professor. Well, he doesn't I, want to engage in this no, topic. No, he does. He may or may not, but he may be able to shed some light on this. Okay. So, so you, you, have an, you have a purpose behind it. No, I have no political agenda. No, no, but you have a purpose of actually yeah. getting to a point here. Yes, I do. Okay. So, so Donald Trump tweeted not so long ago, uh, I quote, A Harley Davidson should never be built in another country. Never. Their employees and customers are already very angry at them. If they move, watch. It will be the beginning of the end. Which, which, just for clarity purposes for our listeners, they never had any intent 
to move their U.S. productions overseas. You know that, of course, and I'm sure Frank knows that as well. They they were building a plant in Thailand for the Asian market. Right. They still are, which right. I think is fantastic. But keep going. We, we know this. Okay. But my point... Not all of our listeners do, though. Okay. So, but my question and point to Frank, it's more of a question than a point, um, is Frank... What exactly does it mean to say made in America these days? I, because I understand that you are actually able to call something American made when it has something less than 100% uh, of, its pro- of its pieces actually manufactured in the United States. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, that's correct. That's correct. In fact, um, the data I use in my Made in America index is is from the American Automotive Labeling Act uh, requirements that the Department of Transportation uh, has control over. All the manufacturers have to report to the Department of Transportation the U.S. content, where the vehicle was assembled, where the motor came from, where the transmission comes from. Uh, And in that, uh, if something is at least 70% U.S. content, it's automatically rounded up to 100% U.S. Huh. So, you know, there's there's a, a flaw in the data there, but you know, the reality, what are you how are you gonna do it? I mean I went into the the Harley factory in uh, York, Pennsylvania, did the tour there fifteen, twenty years ago, saw plenty of boxes with Japanese electronics parts in it, with Japanese wheels, uh, etc. So, you know, you yes, you've got this icon of American manufacturing. Harley Davidson, but you know, is it American made? Well, mostly, a lot more than a than a Honda or a Yamaha or, or one of the other competitors is. But you know, nothing is 100% American made anymore. Uh, maybe paper, pulp, and paper. But when you get down to the raw materials, yeah, you can say it's 100% American made. But when you start putting those raw materials together, you start talking about you know, like. I'm partly French, but my name is French, and I have French ancestors, but when my son did the DNA testing, uh, all this uh, British and Scottish and Irish blood popped up. <laughs> and am I 100% American? No. Nope. <laughs> um, so, you know, it, it's, it's kind of that issue is where do you draw the line? It's a great analogy. It is a great and analogy. When you've got something as complex as a motorcycle, as a car, manufacturers are looking for the best value in, in their supply chains. They're looking at parts and components. And, and they, I, I, I have a Mercury outboard motor, two-stroke Mercury, 1995 Mercury. Uh, boat got hit by, the motor got hit by lightning. Something happened. It blew out a regulator rectifier on the motor. I went down to the Mercury dealership, got a new regulator rectifier, put it in, and guess what? Made in China, regulator rectifier for a mercury outboard motor. So that's how globalized this, you know, part supply chain has become that, you know, kind of another icon of American industry, mercury outboards, based up uh, Chicago area, I believe they are, you know, is, is sourcing parts and components from China. Well, and, and so, I mean, Harley-Davidson, I mean, they, they're, we know that there's, you know, you're going to see boxes like that that are electrical components, but I, I, I like the fact that you state overall value because, for instance, 
you know, um, Italian brake systems, um, parts made in Austria. There's there's parts made all over the world based on the fact that some of those components are just, I believe we probably could get them in the United States. However, the brand names, the, the companies like Brembo, uh, high-end brake systems on very, as you're aware, very high-end uh, automobiles as well. And so they are sourcing for overall um, you know, high value, but but extreme high quality as well, and I think that's right, that's right. where this comes yeah, into I being. Mean, Brimbo's the best in the world. Uh, Carrera for for seating systems. Uh, you look at these. Showa, uh, you Showa for Agri- suspensions. Fuel fuel injection systems, shock absorbers. Um, you know the the you you want to have you know if you're buying a high end high value product like a Harley Davidson or. A, Audi or something like that, you're going for the best possible um, equipment that that comes attached to the car. Um, now, the, now it is the reality that low cost suppliers in Asia are getting more and more competitive. You know, they're moving up what we call the value chain uh, in terms of you know starting to design and engineer their own products and starting to you know manufacture for these multinational manufacturers. Some of your listeners may have heard of a car called the Ford Mustang. Uh, little known fact that, that a lot of people are not aware of is the manual transmission Mustangs have a transmission that's made in China. Say it ain't or, so, or Frank. Was made in China. Don't 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 tell us like, don't tell us things like that, Frank. Uh, well, you know, well, if you want an automatic, you know, you'll get an American automatic. But the reality is that. We don't make manual transmissions in the U.S. anymore for passenger vehicles. So if you want a manual uh, manual transmission, you got to get it from Mexico or you got to get it from Asia somewhere. Well, to to that point, uh, Frank, it, an interesting uh, statistic that I read recently is that uh, a Japanese car maker like Toyota or Honda are actually comprised of between seventy eight to eighty percent U.S. or Canadian parts where the General Motors Chevy Volt, for instance, or the Ford Fusion, as kind of one of the worst ones, have 63% or only 25% in the case of the Fusion parts made in the U.S. or Canada. The, the Ford Fusion? The Ford Fusion. And yet, most people would tell you to buy American, you would choose the Ford, not the Honda or the Toyota. But it's no, really, no. De- it's very deceptive at this point. Well, it, I mean, it- it's not deceptive if, if you can read the first digit of the VIN number and you look at your vehicle identification number. And I don't, I don't know if they do this on motorcycles. They do. Yeah, they do the same thing on motorcycles. Yep. Yeah. So the first digit tells you where that vehicle was assembled. And so if you get a, a you know, on a car, you get a one, four, or a five, it's U.S., a two is Canadian assembly, and a three is Mexican assembly. And then you get, you know, the rest of the world. You have to look it up. It, it doesn't really follow a very good pattern. But, um, yeah, yeah, that's correct. That Ford Fusion uh, is has got a significant amount of, of non-U.S. parts and components. Um, but, you know, the, one of the problems with that 68% you quoted or 70% you quoted is that's U.S. or Canadian parts content. Right. So... What I've tried to do in my index is kind of dis, you know, not that I don't like Canadians or anything. They're nice people. <laughs> uh, they export nice. We have a lot of Canadians. I like, like Canadians. But, yeah. You know, I 
try to disaggregate the the U.S. and Canadian content out of the vehicle, which which isn't easy to do because it's all commingled there. And uh, you know that this goes back to the legacy of the uh, Labeling Act back in 1994, when the Detroit automakers told uh, told the legislators that they they can't disentangle the the content for the U.S. Canadian stuff. And don't forget, those parts and components may go back and forth multiple times across the border. What's an example of that, Frank? Of of, uh, of I, automotive I, components I that do that? Something about a seat assembly. Um, Corporation Lear is a, a big uh, supplier to the automotive industry, and and it was a seat, you know, electric seat. It had to go back and forth uh, across the U.S. and Mexican border multiple times as as value was added to it, and then, and then it finally went and got installed on the vehicle eventually that was that was being made either in the U.S. or Mexico or assembled in the U.S. And so, uh, because again, the make in, you know, made in, well, it's made of a whole bunch of different things. I've got a, I got a couple of, a couple of good stories. I have a student who has a friend that was stationed in Germany that wanted a German BMW SUV. Went and bought his German BMW, got it, you know, got one equipped for the U.S. market, brought it back to the states. And when he was going through customs, he's like, "Well, what's the tariff? What do I have to pay?" Uh, and the customs guy said, you don't have to pay anything because this car was made in America. It was made a BMW facility down in South Carolina and exported to Germany. And then he buys it in Germany, thinks he's getting a German BMW. <laughs> That's funny. Because, you know, people think a German BMW is better than an American BMW. Brings it back and guess what? It's, it's actually American. Wow, that's funny. What was the other story, Frank? Uh, the other story just slipped my mind. Move on, it'll come back. <laughs> so, 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 Frank, um, John drives an American-made pickup truck. Well, it may be. Let's ask well, Frank. Well, no, I, I, I'm, gonna get, I'm getting to this point. What do you drive, John? A Dodge Ram. A Dodge Ram. 1500. Now, Mark drives a Honda Accord. Yeah, well, let's ask Frank. So extrapolating. You probably did wait, research well, on this, ex- and now you're, you're setting me up, Mark. Extrapolating the facts from what we were just quoting about Toyota and Honda and Ford and Chevy, I think it's fair, and I know Frank agrees with me, that my Honda is more American than your Dodge. It probably depends on the year. Why would that? Yeah, happen? well, I, I, you know, I'd have to look exactly. Look at what, what? I'm talking about. Um, I mean, I got the Ram here. It's assembled in the U.S. It, uh, which one is it? The Ram fifteen hundred. The fifteen hundred. That's right. Ram fifteen hundred. It's got twenty eight percent Mexican content. Very low. Fifty nine percent U.S. content. Fifty nine percent below the seventy percent. Whoa, whoa, wait a second, Canadian Mark. Content. Wait a minute, Mark. Where do you think your Just kale Canadian comes content. from? You got an eight. What, Mexico. What, uh, what engine you got in it? Uh, I don't know. Is it a six or an eight? Six. Six. Okay, you got a U.S. Trouble. engine. U.S. You engine, got an Mark. Eight cylinder. You'd have a Mexican engine. So, okay, and then Mark's... All right, Mark, your Honda? I have a, a 2013 Honda Accord Sport with a, with a V4. Honda, a V4? A, four, a four-cylinder. Honda, well, I don't, I don't have 2014 in front of me. But, but you, I've you, got you, 2019. Yeah, go to 2019. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, where is the Accord? Where is the Accord? 
I like classic automobiles. So right on the very bottom. Yeah, well, of the list. so do I. I got a 2007 WRX and a 2010 Ford Explorer, which was the number one most American vehicle back in 2010. Uh, I can't find the Accord one here. It's not coming up. If you were just to take a stab at it, which one is more American, Frank? The Ram. Boom. Oh, come on. <laughs> yep. That's that, that, well, wait, that. No, wait, no. Uh, okay, so at the end of the day, where was that Honda uh, engineer and design? Kentucky. Where's, where's the R&D for Honda? No, it, wasn't, it was not engineered. It was made in Kentucky. You, you, Mark's getting and, loud. Okay, you can so tell. it's assembled in the U.S. Yes. I don't know if it's got a U.S. engine or transmission either. But Frank's position was where was it researched and developed and where are the profits going? Yeah. And right there, his index pushes your accord right off. What I so, want to know is you that... Know, I mean, at the end of the day, where does the profit go? At the end of the day, well, the problem with, with uh, Ram, with Dodge, it's, it's Fiat, Fiat Chrysler. So it's a hybrid. And so is, is it Italian? Is it American? You know, what is it? So, so I, ar- I would argue Fiat Chrysler because of the footprint that Chrysler left when they were acquired by Fiat you know, gives it more American content than Honda. Well, was it, isn't which, da- isn't... Which the pro- listen to me. Honda, the, the, the profits go back to Japan. The R&D, you know, 90% of the R&D was... I love. And they do some R and D here for the U.S. market, but you know you've got Japanese engineers who speak the language, who can communicate better with each other, that are you know developing the engines and transmissions and the vehicles for the U.S. market. My favorite. So, you know they'll do a lot of sourcing and they'll have a lot of their supply chain here in the United States, just like Dodge and and, and Fiat Chrysler and so forth. And and so it you know you. you you get to the point that you start splitting hairs here. And in addition, that 70%, how much is that as Canadian versus U.S.? You what? know, we're not, we don't want to treat Canada as the 51st state. They would hate that. Frank, this isn't so, going well. You know, yeah, I love how this backfired on Mark, who wait, probably did a bunch yeah, of research. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that, that Honda could, it may have been assembled in Canada. What's the VIN? We, we'll get the VIN and we'll send you and then we'll do an update on this one to make sure okay. Mark understands. The VIN starts with a two. It's a Canadian Honda. There you go, Mark. Well, I'm going to quote from an article written by Christina Fattori, who is a political science professor at uh, West Virginia. Yeah, go ahead. Quote whatever right. you want. Okay. So she says that <clears throat> the Toyota-based Honda-built Accord is built in the U.S. with an American engine a Japanese transmission, and at least 80% U.S. or Canadian parts. Now, I didn't Yeah, that's why he said 80% U.S. or Canadian parts. Now, Frank's positioning is he breaks those up. Yeah, but we just found out that your your RAM is like I'm sorry that that upset you. I want, I want, what I'm, what, well, it backfired on you, Mark. Let's just leave it at that. Now, Frank. Oh, my story. I remembered my story. Yes, sir. Good. All right, I've got a colleague here uh, who bought an Audi Q5. Okay, Audi. You know, exemplar of German craftsmanship, German engineering. Where was it made? Where were Audis made? I would imagine in Bavaria. Right? Bavaria. Nine. It's what? Mexican. Oh, it's Mexican? Mexican? Nine. No, German. Yeah. German. <laughs> no, German. Yeah, a lot of Germans up there in Vermont. Uh, I know what hey, you meant. John didn't know, but... My friends from Quebec. 
my ancestors. Um, so, you know, it, you know, we're splitting hairs. What I'd like to do, can I control the podcast? Of course. Go back to Thailand, okay, and the Harley factory in Thailand. Yes. So that factory in Thailand isn't going to be, at least for the foreseeable future, going to be shipping any products to the U.S. It's going to be sourcing products from the U.S. to be used in, in bikes that are then sold in Asia. Harley's popular in China. Harley's popular all over Asia. So that's going to save shipping costs. In addition to building bikes there for the European market, which retaliated to the president's tariffs with a 31% tariff on imported motorcycles. So by building in Thailand, Harley doesn't, or, or Harley consumers, because the consumers pay the tariff, Harley consumers aren't going to be hit. Harley consumers in Europe aren't going to be hit with a huge tariff increase or price increase because the 31% tariff. Tariff's only going to be 6%. And that might be something Harley could split the difference in terms of, you know, only increasing prices three percent to, uh, to accommodate a six percent tariff increase. And I see difference. So you know, I you, your listeners got to remember that when you know Trump or whomever starts railing Ooh. against Harley for building bikes in Thailand, this is a perfect response to retaliatory tariffs against U.S. exports to Europe in retaliation to tariffs that the U.S. put on exports from Europe. So the, the tariff stuff is, is just creating a total mess out there for producers and for consumers. Is, end, it, of, end of rant. Do you feel like it's actually exasperating where uh, traditional American brands are sourcing? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if you're... Um, if you were exporting from the U.S. and and you get hit with uh, tariffs from China, which are in retaliation to tariffs against China by the U.S., then you're going to look for alternatives to supply that particular market. You know, China, China's, you know, they're the big cheaters, of course, out there. You know, they're shipping stuff through Vietnam and relabeling, relabeling it made in Vietnam because the U.S. hasn't enacted any tariffs against Vietnam. And so the Vietnamese are getting angry about that because now they're getting caught in the tariff crossfire, hmm. and, and they don't like to see the you know goods being relabeled, you know Ivanka shoes being relabeled, uh, made in Vietnam instead of made in China, where they may be getting made. Hmm. Interesting. It is interesting. <laughs> well, Frank, so, you know, you know, the, the made in America. You know, it's unfortunate the motorcycle industry. Well, fortunate or unfortunate, depending on who you ask, there's no uh, labeling requirement such as there is for cars. You know, when you buy a car today, you look at the sticker, and the sticker will have the American Automotive Labeling Act data on it. And so my advice to consumers is look at the label. Um, You know, read the label, familiarize yourself with the label, familiarize yourself with the VIN numbers, you know, and be an educated consumer. Um, that's all I'm trying to do is, is to uh, improve the transparency. And, and part of my index is response to some of the other organizations that did indices, and they, and they didn't take these things into account. Like originally, when I started doing my index, 
people just looked at the 70% American Automotive Labeling Act and said, my car is 70%. Well, that 70% does not include the value of the engine or transmission. So, for example... That's interesting. You know, you'll, you'll see the 70%, but it could be Japanese engine, Japanese transmission. Well, that's 25 to 30% of the value of the car right there, mm-hmm. if not more. Now, one of, the, one of the problems that we have right now is cars are getting more and more electric, more and more hybrids out there in the market. And, and so the traditional ways that we measure content are changing. Or, you know, what percentage value of the car is electronics today versus 10 years ago? You know, it's not, you know, what I'm using in my index, which is, you know, around 15 or 20 percent. I'm sure it's much higher. Hmm. Um, circling back to Harley, what about this electric bike that's coming along? Where's, where are the motors, where are the batteries for that going to be coming from? I don't know that answer. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But I'll, you know, I'll bet, you know, See also the um, they're going into uh, China with a, a, a partnership with Geely. Geely makes the Volvo. Geely owns Volvo now, but they're doing a partnership in China to make a small displacement 350cc motorcycle mm-hmm. in the Chinese market. Yeah. So you know, I would bet that you know Harley executives are probably camped out in China right now, looking around for battery suppliers and engine suppliers. It could could very well be. I may get some hostile emails. From you me. won't get any hostile. I hope I, hope I do. I mean, that's <laughs> right. I, I want to know. I want to know where these motors come from. I mean, I got a, I got an email from some guy about Tesla claiming that the Tesla motors are coming from Taiwan, and they're labeling is labeling them made in USA. Hmm. And that's he interesting. Pro- and he provided me with customs invoices and things like that, which showed. You know, shipments of motors coming from Taiwan to uh, Fremont, California, where they make the Teslas. Huh. Um, but but there is, you know, again, uh, you can take something. There there's rather ambiguous rules in terms of taking something and and turning making it American. In other words, you you could take that motor and add twenty twenty five percent value to it, and it then suddenly becomes American. I see. Is that is that pretty? It basically, started as a part, and then it goes into you know a, a motor housing and, and transmission casing and things like. Is that, that sort of the yeah, standard yeah, thing? Another problem I've got with the cars is the the uh, electric cars. Yeah, is that pretty much the standard, Frank? As far as taking a a, a, a raw product and adding twenty to thirty percent, and and then it would be. No, uh, I I don't know what the standard is. <laughs> okay, the the standard is. Uh, up to the Federal Trade Commission in terms of what you claim. I worked with a company called Truth and Advertise about the Daimler Sprinter. Daimler Sprinter are these utility trucks that Amazon's bought, I think, 25,000 of them to to do the uh, last mile shipments uh, around the area. Um, So the Daimler Sprinter is made in South Carolina, but is it really made? It's actually made in Germany, disassembled, and then shipped over to (laughs) <laughs> South Carolina and reassembled. Now they do some painting and and fabrication there, but the claim that it's made in America is is very suspect. Huh. And and they were making that claim and under pressure from Truth and Advertising and the Federal Trade Commission. That's interesting. They dropped that that claim. 
Well, Frank, um, I know your time. I know we're running out of time. Well, yeah, I, I, and this is super interesting stuff. And what I want to tell you is I would love to circle back with you uh, when Harley-Davidson's Livewire comes out. We might be able to see if we can source some information on that end and uh, circle back with you and, and have a discussion purely about electric. By then, I would presume that your 2019 index would be out and uh, you'd have a lot more information about um more electric vehicles that are coming online in the automotive world that would potentially uh, help us in, in that discussion. But, um, you know, we appreciate your time sincerely. I know you're a busy guy and um, the, very interesting discussion. We're, we're very yeah, appreciative yeah. that you and, took the time. And, and I hope, you know, you guys go to industry meetings and meetings with the Harley people and all that. A ask questions, you know, and if, you know, where's that, that, that bike's going to be assembled here, I assume. And, you know, look, ask them where, where's the battery coming from? Where's the motors coming from? It is certainly being assembled in York. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I would bet that, well, no, I'm not going to bet anything. Never mind. Well, we'll you'll hold that one for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Got I'll it. have to make a trip up in York. We're only about 90 minutes away. So uh, maybe I'll grab a bunch of students and take them up to see some motorcycles. Again. That would be cool. Keep us yeah. posed, Keep us included in that discussion, please. So I, okay. I, I have one last question, Frank. Can we still say? Can we still say? No. That Harley Davidson made in America. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. We we appreciate. Mostly made in America. <laughs> Mostly made in More America. More American than others. <laughs> like, we, like my Italian BMW. Okay. All right. Fair enough. We appreciate right. it. I have an Italian BMW. So is it German? No. It's <laughs> Thank you, Frank. Thank you, Frank. All right, you guys. Talk to you Good soon. Good talking to you. Thank Take you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks right. for listening Bye. to the Behind the Bars podcast, sponsored by Wilkins Harley-Davidson. Stay tuned for our next exciting podcast. Check out additional information on WilkinsHarley.com.